Blog Talk Radio. Soulvox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White Turtle Disney. Welcome to the show. Today uh, I have a special guest, my friend Sally Adderton, who is also an intuitive and medium with many years' experience um, talking to spirits and guides and angels. So uh, we're going to have a great conversation today about Halloween and the spirit world. Um, so welcome, Sally. Thanks, Robin, for having me again on your show. It's yeah. a privilege, and, and it makes me happy to share these decades that we've had together Yeah, um, dancing between the worlds. That's right. Dancing yeah. between the worlds. We both have been doing that for sure. Mm-hmm. So you were looking up uh, Halloween and its origins, and we were talking about that earlier. I know that India has had uh, Halloween this period of, of they don't call it Halloween, but they have a festival going on right now. And uh, you looked it up for the Celtic festival. The actual Halloween that we celebrate in the Western traditions is based on Celtic Samhain. Mm-hmm. Sa- Samhain is how I pronounced it. Samhain is what the actual Wikipedia spelled it out as what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. But we often do that with English where, you know, the phonetics change over decades, and it's where Halloween came from. Yeah, so it's the time of the year when we are, uh, the veil is the thinnest, and we can connect with uh, ancestors, relatives that have passed away, our pets, and it's also a time to to uh, renew ourselves in the new year and begin a, a new cycle even though it doesn't, the Roman calendar, which is what we marked as the new year in a couple of months, but this is the, the lunar year, the lunar new year. Right, and I it think does. That's an important right. thing. Right, and we look uh, at the equinox and the solstice, which is the sun, mm-hmm. and how the sun moves about the sky, but Halloween is connected to the moon, which is really more about the inner life where mm-hmm. the the sun is the external life that we live, the moon is the internal life. The sun is the male, the masculine, the moon is the feminine. It's mm-hmm. the introspective, it's the mystery, it's the intuition, it's the inner knowing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Halloween, part of the symbolism and the energy around it, is about the dark. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You have to go into the dark because things are born in the dark. And they're, you know, even a you know, baby is born in a womb and it's, in the dark for nine months, you know, like uh, plants have to start in the earth. Everything living on this planet has to start in the dark on a physical level, and then it moves into its birth in the sun. You know, even in our minds, our minds and our imagination, when we're imagining things, that's coming through. The mind is actually a mystery and in the dark as well. Mm -hmm. We don't see the mind, Mm -hmm. but we can bring our consciousness to that blank landscape that actually is in the imagination and where the imagination begins, that everything then comes into being, even our dreams, right? right? Our hopes, our visualizations, our, you know, our thoughts, 
start in it's truly a dark place. Mm-hmm. Not and it's not bad. No. This idea not, that the, the dark the dark the yeah. dark is bad is a part of what I believe we're in the process of changing mm-hmm. now on the planet. Mm-hmm. Of really understanding it it is the mystery and it's a gift. Mm-hmm. It's fertile ground. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Creatively it's fertile. Um, you know, imagination wise it's fertile. I know that uh, a lot of the, the the artwork I come to and create, come, it comes from a, a place deep in myself that has to do with the expression of dream work, of, you know, seeds of something that are born, and I just start playing with that seed, and then mm-hmm. pretty soon I have a piece of art. So, uh, and it's the same with uh, intuitive work when you're working with a person uh, and intuiting what's going on with their energy field um, or what's happening with their relatives or with other kinds of things. You know, you, you are, you clo- I close my eyes. I close my eyes so I can see with my third eye. Do you do that? I don't, o- I don't always do that. In fact, in the past I did that more mm-hmm. uh, when I was actually bringing guides through my body. And as, um, as my work progressed, I used less and less of my clairvoyance with my work and moved straight into my knowing sensitivity mm-hmm. where I didn't really have to have a symbol or feeling in my body necessarily to go right into the insight or wisdom that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times where closing my eyes, especially in the meditative process for myself, it is much, it's much easier to take away that visual stimulation mm-hmm. of the external world. Right, right, right. It really helps. So, okay, so we're at the time of uh, Samhain, uh, Halloween, a time when the veil is thinner. And um, one of the things both of you and I do is connect with the guides and spirits. Um, so I wanted to talk about that a little because uh, the other world, the astral world, to me and my sensibility, is all around us all the time. It's here right now. It's, Absolutely. It's not another place that you go to. No. It's actually just we're in a body, and the the air around us is full of spirits. Absolutely. Just Do you because, feel that? Absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah. because the human eye can't see or perceive the energy field that stands between us, doesn't mean that there isn't something live and action-packed going on. Right. And, I mean, everybody has that ability to sense energies as they go into a room. Right. You know, you go into some rooms, they feel really good. Some rooms, they don't. Well, the energy in there is containing not just the presence of the physical material, furniture and art on the wall and it also holds the memory of the experiences that happened in there, the words that were said, right. the feelings that were held, right. that you can walk into. This is one of the reasons you walk into a tr- church and something very deep and quiet happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone, whether you're anti-established religious traditions or not, don't feel going into sacred places some sense of deeper calm. Mm-hmm deeper peace Mm -hmm. because that's what those buildings were built for right that's what those temples whether it's a a mosque or a a temple that's a 
a Buddhist temple or a Japanese um, temple or a church. Mm-hmm. It's all based for the same reason, a sweat lodge. Right. You know, you go into those places to touch something that's more quiet. Yes. And then in that quietude, you can also experience the spirit world because I know in sweat lodges, having run them for many years, um, it was a healing place. You know, you did the songs and invoke things in order to bring the spirits into the place that would help the people make a diff- you know, make a difference for the people, that would help heal the people. And some people uh, would automatically bring their animal nature, their spirit nature into that lodge. Mm-hmm. And others, uh, they would come in as the healing was being evoked, you know, during the one of the prayer rounds. So absolutely, like, the spirits in a place are attracted and come with the people that are walking around in bodies. Right. You experience that, too. Absolutely. My guides go with me wherever I go. Right, right. If I'm on an airplane, so are they. Yeah, yeah. Because our relationship is one that is in consciousness which is not the same thing as having a relationship to the person who's sitting next to me snoring on the plane. (laughs) We bring them with us. They're all around us. And some of those are ancestor spirits, wouldn't you say? I think many of them are ancestor spirits. uh, That most people that I've worked with, Robin, over the years, have at least one loved one that is a guardian for them. Mm-hmm. Whether they're a primary god or not, um, I've worked very much with the tradition that, that we all have four primary spirit guides. And whether those come as an ascended master or a loved one that has passed, or even I've had people have spirit guides that are actually animated characters, mm-hmm. uh, characters that um, were created uh, out of somebody else's imagination. You know, I had somebody once that, um, you know, there was, there was, I had people also that have had, like, unicorns mm-hmm. Oh yeah, as okay. a guide, mm-hmm. and and mermaids as guides, mm-hmm. and those... Or seraphim and uh, cherubim, you know, some of the guardians around the temples, the old ancient temples, they, they have them actually in their heart. They bring them into their heart garden when I work with the heart garden process. Right, and, yeah. you know, fairies, elves, gnomes, right. what we would call mythological creatures are mythological and in our imagination for a reason. Mm-hmm. They do exist. Mm-hmm. We may not be able to see them with the human eye. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the thing that human beings are are working on to be less arrogant about, that our perceived perceptions, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our taste, our touch, our smell, are the only ways that we can be in relationship to nature and the natural world. Mm-hmm. There are more ways for us to be in connection through our consciousness. Right, and actually those senses that you just named are actually the way that we perceive because there's a whole other level of perception, mm-hmm. uh, of perception through each of those senses Right, that gives us our our ESP, or our extra sense perception, that actually expands our consciousness, is an expanded form of consciousness beyond the physical. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that it's, it's 
a profound thing to recognize everybody's psychic. Right. They don't always get that, but it's true. They all have some someone. It's part of our survival mechanism. It's our instinctual knowledge. Right. I write about this in my book, Energy in Motion, that in order for us to continue to evolve as a sentient being on Earth, I mean, every life form continues to evolve. There's pigeons that are now have their color form to be more in right relationship to smog and pollution. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this idea that our evolution has stopped and suddenly we've reached this pinnacle is just not true for any species mm-hmm. on the earth. Mm-hmm. And so a part of what the human species is going through is opening, opening more to the non-apparent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and using what I like to think of as all those physical senses that I just talked about, that the altered state or higher state, the new expanded states of them, the clairvoyance, seeing beyond the apparent, clairaudience, hearing beyond the apparent, is a part of the natural evolution. And the people that are going to be even more successful in adapting to the environments that we're in Mm -hmm. are the people that are utilizing those, Mm -hmm. utilizing the intuition. Mm embracing it as a true source of information and a part of the intuition includes those spirit helpers yeah yeah and i think we're going to meet need them more in the future don't you think <laughs> oh i i think it's it's become even more apparent mm-hmm. you know we've had such um uh clear indication that trusting your intuition as far as um the numbers of uh terrorist and environmental mishaps that have gone on and these feelings do I go to work today do I go to that McDonald's today do I take let my kid go to school today mm-hmm. you know I'm not saying the obvious with mm-hmm. all those examples but we all know what I mean mm-hmm. right. I don't even need to say mm-hmm. what I'm talking about right but right. it's listening to that inner compass I like to think of the inner compass as our heart mm-hmm. in order to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. But if we get an, an insight that we need to make a change, there's a reason we're getting that insight. Right. And I, I, I think of Edgar Cayce talking about uh, his experience of walking uh, to an elevator. And this was back in the 30s or 40s, you mm-hmm. know, when the elevators were strung up by a, a cable. A cable. Remember, they had a cable instead of the the uh, piston underneath it Mm -hmm. that was, you know, hydraulic pushing it. And uh, he was standing uh, in front of the elevator. The doors opened. People got out. More people got in. And he was about to walk in. And he realized that not one person in that uh, elevator that had just walked in had an aura. aura. They were all, the auras were gone. They were just completely blank. And that told him, I'm not going to be in this elevator, and he stepped out of it, and the cable broke, and they were all killed. So that was his intuition telling him, you know, you're not meant to go on this journey. They've already made this decision, and they've already had this decision right. of uh, going, uh, of leaving the planet at this moment. And leaving the planet is not a bad thing. And yeah. the assumption, though, is if we've had a relative or somebody who has not necessarily been a happy person or our relationship to them 
here on the planet through that personality that they were, when they leave the planet, somehow that relationship is going to stay the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you lay down the physical body, you also lay down the personality mm -hmm. of how the spirit actually manifests through the, through the body itself. Mm -hmm. So um, to be afraid of people once they've left the planet mm -hmm. is probably not the best way to approach mm -hmm. this new relationship that's possible. Right. This is why forgiveness and understanding that um, I've, I've worked with this concept of all negative spirit guides and, you know, being chased by guides and people that feel abused by guides. Um, I think it's important for us to realize that we're in a relationship and that we're not victims to those relationships, even though they may not be in bodies. Right, and the, the fact is uh, our fears attract negative energy. Our anger attracts negative energy. So if people are feeling chased by guides, maybe they're not actually benevolent spirits that they're attracting because of their own negativity. Right. Though I have had, um, I've had kids um, get frightened because they've seen spirits and... I've worked with kids to help them understand that sometimes the spirits are coming to them because of their innocence and their light. That I and it that and it maybe it's just because of the people that I'm supposed to help. But the the continuity or consistency seemed to be these spirits were coming to children because those children could help them get free from the uh, being stuck in a particular pattern as a spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you call it purgatory or whether you give those uh, different realms names. Mm -hmm. But spirits also evolve. Mm -hmm. They don't stop their evolution just because they've laid down the body. No, actually evolution continues. And we're going to come back and talk more about angels because uh, I want to take a little break at this moment. And uh, so I'm with Sally Adderton, and uh, we're both mediums and psychics and intuitives, sorry, intuitives. Healers. Healers, we both, we, yes, yeah. we both do healing. We both do spiritual teaching. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we've been friends for many years, and we're having a conversation around Halloween, the spirit world, and guides, angels, and a whole lot more. So uh, we'll be right back. This is Robin White Turtle Listney, and the show is evolved. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White Turtle Lisney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, or evolve. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Listney. I wanted to share with you some of the other things that I'm doing in the world beside this radio show. The first is I have a private practice in Capitola, California that reaches around the world, and you can uh, connect with me through my websites, thecenterforthesoul.com and bluebonebooks.com. I'm also uh, an author, and I have seven books. The first was Dancing Up the Moon, the second Sacred Living, both by Canary Press in Berkeley. And then I had Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, 
a CD on Heart Path, uh, as well as um, two poetry books, Mosaic, which is the latest poetry book, and Poems for the Lost Year. I also have another book that just came out called Ceremonies from the Heart for Children, Adults, and the Earth. And all of these are on my website, www.bluebonebooks.com. So now we'll go back to the show. Hi, this is Robin Whitechurtle-Listney. The show has evolved, and we're back with my friend Sally Adderton. Uh, and she is the author of the new book, Energy in Motion, Evolution, Revolution, and the Human Condition. Yeah. You can get it on my website. You can get it on Amazon. You can ask Dora to, to order it. It's it's out there, both yeah. in a digital and a print format. Yeah, great. So uh, we were leaving off the last quarter of this conversation with talking about angels and angels and spirit guides. And um, I wanted to tell a little story about what happened in the channeling I did just last month. Um, I was uh, Once a month I hold a, a, a channeling group. Uh, we, we meet the third Wednesday of the month uh, in here in Los Gatos uh, in California. And uh, what I noticed right off the bat is people were kind of upset about what had been going on in the news. And so uh, I started to draw a circle of light and healing around the, the space. And uh, as I began the channeling, uh, began to kind of get the meditation going. What happened first was all these little brownies came in, and they were like little spirit divas from the the trees. We were in a kind of forested area, and they came in and they sat on everybody's feet. And I had never seen that before, but I thought it was pretty funny. And then the next level of guides were our personal guides, and they came in and they all had our backs, and they were standing behind us. Mm-hmm. And then the third level of guides that came in were the angels and the archangels and the ascended masters and they were all around us and but what was really startling to me was such a demonstration of how on the other side they all work together yeah this idea of hierarchy is a part of i think what can diminish that power that is there um there isn't a guide that's more powerful or less powerful than another. The guides that are going to be there for us are the ones that we need. Right. So because we need them, they have power. Right. Right? And because we've been open to accepting that help and that energy, that creates that dialogue that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that people will think that their spirit guide is more powerful than somebody else's spirit guide because of either the ancestral story or the history story around who that person was in history. Mm-hmm. You know, the spirit guides that actually had bodies and we maintained their names, somehow we those are the idea that they're more powerful right. than if it was your grandmother that passed right. over. Right. And it's just not true. It's just not true. And it's kind of like what I think of it as a spirit guide envy. You know, it's a little (laughs) – because it is based on a patriarchal system. Oh, completely. Hierarchy is a patriarchal system. And so we really have to let go of that because we are moving into a new circle, the circle of the feminine, 
in order to bring in the energy that they that we need to work together and not right. only in this planet but also they the guides already do that you know like there isn't uh catholic saints aren't any better than a muslim saint right and uh or buddhist saints or you know hindu, hindu. i mean they're all they're all recognized on the other side as part of one great system of divine consciousness and love and we're part of that too right Robin, we both share studying with Matthew Fox. Right. And Matt Fox in his creation spirituality work, you know, talks about one river, many wells. They're right. just different wells. It's the same with spirit guides. Right. It's one consciousness, which is really about love, mm-hmm. forgiveness, acceptance, the virtues, which I like to call the mechanics of love. Virtues are what allow us to actually see love in action kindness and compassion and gratitude Mm -hmm. when we're either acting that way or having those behaviors toward us we actually feel loved Mm -hmm. and so that's the the true essence of why those guides are there for us Mm -hmm. is to help us with loving ourselves loving each other and creating a, a more hospitable world for us all exactly and letting go of the fears and anxieties and angers that we have that create more karma. That when we can get to the place of forgiveness with someone, then we're actually releasing the karma. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guides and angels help us. So let's talk about the difference between guides and angels. What's your take on that? Well, um, my take on that is that an angel is a being that has, had more experience in the eternal world. I've experienced angels that have not been embodied but in on this plane, but they have had bodies in other ways. Mm-hmm. So it's more about the dynamic of who is embodied as a human mm-hmm. in this particular form or as a an animal in mm-hmm. a particular form. Mm-hmm. You know, spirit guides can come as a tree or a a plant or an animal as well. Most often, I've experienced those beings to have a, having actually had that experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they were of in a form. Tree or a plant. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And to me, guides are ones that have been embodied in the earth as humans and are, right. are usually here uh, because they've had the experience of living on this planet. Um, they give us an opportunity to really. Uh, know, like, yes, I know what it's like to be in a body and have to bring in X amount of dollars a month in order to <laughs> make the rent, you know, so they they do understand that practical level of things, where the angels are here to hold a higher consciousness of faith, love, uh, serenity, like, it's all going to work, it's all peaceful, we can declare that divine consciousness, and it can help elevate us out of our fears, out of right. our angers. Right. Yeah. Though we don't like to talk about hierarchy, that from a vibrational standpoint, that is different. The mm-hmm. resonance is a, is a different frequency than mm-hmm. that of actually being in the body. Mm-hmm. That um, not necessarily one being better than the other, mm-hmm. but because we are here to be embodied. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see where... Uh, the angels, for me, um, 
it is the peace, love, and understanding. Mm-hmm. Like their messaging mm-hmm. and what the messaging is mm-hmm. has been a lot of that mm-hmm. information coming through for people, mm-hmm. my clients, the people I work right. with. Right, right. So that's uh, our take on guides and angels. And, um, you know, I need to say something else, too. You know, we actually have guides and angels that are embodied now. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they you come know, in every once in a while. They come in and help us. Right. Yeah. And and I also believe that acts of kindness from one human spirit to another is actually, we don't know if we're being somebody's angel or not. Right. And it, this idea of random acts of kindness aren't actually random. They're intentional acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. But there are times when you might feel an impetus to speak to somebody or to help somebody with something that you wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. That often those are are promptings that are coming from either your guides or their guides that you can facilitate something in the physical that they cannot. Mm-hmm. Does that make right. sense? Right. Well, I I have an example of an angel that came in a physical form. Uh, when my grandpa died, he died very suddenly of a heart attack many years ago. And my mother and my sister and my brother-in-law had my grandma on the front step. My grandpa went into the bathroom, and he collapsed in the bathroom and died instantly. My grandma was quite a heavy woman. She was a large woman, and no one could lift her. And this man came by, and he said, do you, do you folks need help? And they said yes, and he was quite a large man. He picked her up like she was a, like a, a pound of butter put her on the couch, and he just, and he left. And at that very moment when my grandpa's leaving and my grandma doesn't know yet, and nobody else really knows either because he's, he's in the bathroom in the other end of the house, he, this man came and lifted her up and put her on the couch. And That's a pretty clear example, Robin, of an <laughs> angel showing up when yeah. you needed one. Yeah, and when, what happened for me, I was at another property, you know, looking at my aunt's, coffee grinders and things and uh, antique things and she she'd been put in a nursing home but when we got back mother my mother had this look of awe on her face and I said mom you know because that by that time they'd found out and they came and told us and we all came back and um I said mom what's going on I, I grandpa just died he's in the bathroom she goes like yeah we'll tell grandma as soon as we can but we're not going to tell her right now my grandma was quite hard of hearing, so she couldn't hear our conversation. So my mother, an angel, he came and he mm-hmm. picked her up and he put her on this couch. And, um, and, and, and at that very moment when we needed somebody to do that. Mm. So I, I thought that was amazing because I had never thought of angels being in bodies like that. But we are that for people all over the place. All the time. All the time in the grocery store. You know, like. Yeah, it happens all the time. All the time. Yeah. You know, the person comes by to be able to jump your car. The, uh, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'm overwhelmed with all these stories that are coming into my mind now mm-hmm. of the time where, you know, I, what I needed showed up. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And, and synchronicity, the and, synchronicity that occurred. And that's. I mean, that's the next piece mm-hmm. of, you know, here we are talking about Halloween. I want to dial us back to Halloween. Yeah. Where Halloween is a time where we're celebrating 
uh, not just going out and getting candy, mm-hmm. right? It's that's it's really about feeding the spirit. Exactly. It's really offerings to the spirits right. of those that are living to honor the dead. That's really what those offerings are of candy that we that the kids go get. And the costumes I see as actually sort of aspects of ourselves or our nature that we're working out. It's mm-hmm. like being in theater and having an opportunity to take on um, an energy form that is manifested through the costume. Mm-hmm. That at least for the little kids, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, I think that that's a lot of what life is, is that we're putting on these costumes to play these parts in in our life and the lives and the people that we've come to live with. Mm-hmm. And so Halloween gives us an opportunity to uh, celebrate that, mm-hmm. even though we may not be aware of what we're celebrating. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I don't know if you saw the the movie uh, about the Day of the Dead that was released a couple of years ago, uh, Coco. No, I did not. Oh, oh, well, that that was I thought a wonderful ex- explanation of what happens when the spirits, you know, and they come they come in and they're putting food and flowers out for people at their uh, grave sites, you know, and people celebrate in the cemeteries, which. Right. I think it's a really wonderful thing that they do in Mexico, and they do it here too in California. I mean, Day of the Dead here is huge, and um, here in, I'm in Santa Cruz, California, and uh, I see it all the time. There are exhibits, there are art exhibits, there are all kinds of expressions of great love and joy for those that have passed over and that have been part of our lives and are still part of our lives. So, Robin, what do you think is the symbolism of the bones? that are so much a part of the costuming and um, even especially in the Day of the Dead art. You know, as you Mm -hmm. brought up the Day of the Dead, I'm seeing all the the actual skeletons that are Mm -hmm. part of so much of the artwork. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ideas on that? Oh, well, I think it's celebrating that life continues. That's my feeling. Like, yes, we can get down to the bones. You know, our, our bodies can die and leave and we leave our bodies but what we what actually is happening is we're 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 moving on we're not we just don't disappear when we die no we actually move on and we're this is a continuum our lives are a continuum beyond uh beyond this physical body and we have to recognize that. And I think Dave the Dead is a great way to celebrate that. You know, we're not done when we leave here. We we keep evolving. Just like the you know, like you were mentioning before, the spirit spirit guides evolve. Everybody evolves. Right. Those little brownies, they evolve into fairies and the fairies evolve into divas and and the divas are, you know, watching over sections of the world. Uh, sections of the planet. and I think it's important, though, at this point to talk about evolution from the standpoint that just that it's not also always in that kind of bigger, greater form, that de-evolution isn't necessarily a brownie deciding that it wants to be a rock, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That, that the de-evolution is not the direction that we're going, but the, the form can change depending on what the consciousness wants to either serve or work with for their own growth, right? Right, right, right. That once an ascended master is an ascended master, doesn't mean it stays stuck as an ascended master and then can, 
you know, graduate to the next university or graduate to the next program, that it just shapeshifts as the way the many Native Americans talk about shapeshifting. It shifts into the form that it can serve the best with next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's true. And like mountains, like I think of Wulan as like one of the things he used to say, he had four incarnations. One, uh, two insignificant ones, uh, and one as a Tibetan, and one as a mountain. And when he would say that, I would laugh. I would laugh, but you know, he spent an eon as a mountain somewhere in the South Pacific, and was a volcano. And he grew out of that. And then the spirit. There was a spirit that his spirit chose to serve people as that mountain Mm -hmm. and he was able to you know provide food and clothing and shelter for the people that were on the mountain and then at a certain point he decided that's it my service is over or a greater consciousness said you've done enough now and uh, the volcano went back into the sea and his spirit left and now he serves as spirit guide that's why putting limitations and limits onto what is possible is not what life is about. Right. Exactly. It's about opening up to the possibilities. Right. And they are infinite. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's a wonderful place to take a break. So (laughs) this is Robin White Turtle Listney. The show is Evolve, and I'm with Sally Adderton, who is the author of Energy in Motion. Yes. And we'll be right back. Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White Turtle Lizney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, Evolve. Hi, this is Robin White Turtle Listney. The show's Evolve. And in our uh, next segment, we're going to talk about, I'm here with Sally Adderton, and uh, we're going to be talking about um, how is it and why is it that people want to connect with their relatives, their loved ones that have passed over. And uh, what do you feel about that, Sally? What do you experience? I mean, because both of us, our mediums and we we talk to those that have passed over and we connect with the spirits of the dead so what do you want to talk about what do you experience about that well often the reason that the spirit is around is and and comes especially when called and asked if a client comes and says i you know i need to i want to talk to my mother or my father or my grandson or my child it's because the incentive is to know that they're okay. Right. That there is a fear that somehow in their departure that no matter whether that's disease or an accident or even suicide, that somehow that suffering has continued mm-hmm. and that that they're not in a place that's a better place. And that incentive to know has caused suffering for the person 
who's asking the question mm-hmm. because they're in worry, they're mm-hmm. in stress, they're in fear. And so the those people that I've worked with that had guides show up or ancestors show up that are departed loved ones, um, usually that all they really want to communicate is that they're okay, they're often in a better place, and that they forgive themselves and the other person for whatever transpired in that drama karma story of that incarnation. Right, right. Right? Right. It's the forgiveness, the letting go of I'm not angry or, you know, Dan, why you did what you did, I get it, uh, is what's actually being expressed or communicated. Right, right. And that's what I find over and over also that a lot of people coming to me want to know that their relative's okay and those that are wanting to communicate with their relative once they've passed over is that they're fine and they're actually usually in a, in a really, really, really good place and they're happy, they're joyful, mm-hmm. they feel their authentic uh, joy. And, you know, so I think that it's an important service that we do uh, to help people understand that it's not always the same message. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. It's not always the same message. And there are times where there are really clear directives that uh, I had a client that Spirit Guide came to me and was really clear that I needed to talk to that client about doing a coaching package and was adamant with me and, uh, you know, was very adamant with me. And that guide was anticipating a job change that was coming up for that client. Mm-hmm. And so having that guide come to me and say, hey, listen, it's time to rock and roll on this, um, was helpful. Mm-hmm. Was helpful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we don't often know the outcome of the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're just being present with what's going on with that client at the time. Mm-hmm. So. And you were sharing with me earlier that that particular client um, it's not your style to go sell a package of sessions to anybody. It's, it's, it's not my style. I, I, you know, I don't try to do. I don't tell people that they should have a session. Yeah, but this guy wouldn't leave me alone. And this he guy would leave, not leave, leave me alone. alone. Right. So he was on your case because yes. he was trying to help his relative. Yes. And trying to help well, the person. Right. Well, yeah. actually, it was past girlfriend. Past you know. girlfriend. Yeah. And there had been some, you know, karma there. Um. But this is why trusting our intuition and trusting these expanded perceptions are so Mm -hmm. important. I had another situation where um, I had a client who had a poltergeist. And she wasn't my client at the time because I've actually done real estate. Somebody her parents were friends with was a real estate client. And they happened to be together that weekend. And I get this call out of the blue about this, my my true real estate client's friend's daughter had a poltergeist and needed help with it. So tell tell uh, our audience what a poltergeist is so people well, know. Well, it was a spirit that had, had built a house in Chicago, and it was a brownstone in Old Town. When he built that house, he put so much love into it that his spirit wouldn't leave the house when he died. He felt that his job was to be the guardian and protector of that land, and he was firmly committed to it. But after 100 years of it, he was done. He was ready to go on, but he didn't know how to get to the other side. 
and the and he needed some help to be able to find the light to be able to move toward the light in that classic sense. Mm-hmm. So he would do things like move things around on the coffee table and the it escalated to where he knocked the trash over. Mm-hmm. And and there was no reason why that trash can would have gotten knocked over. Mm-hmm. And the intuition of this young girl was, oh, my God, this is this is a spirit, and this mm-hmm. is going too far. Because then right. she started getting scared. Right, right. She started getting scared enough to say something to her parents, fearing their judgment. Mm-hmm. And yet when she decided to do that, it happened to be when the medicine, me, was connectable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, so poltergeists are often spirits that create mischief, and they often attach to teenagers right. and adolescents. And so uh, because the teenagers are in this chaotic time period, you know, from whatever age, 12 or 13, until they're 17 or 18 or 19 sometimes and sometimes later, but they're often in this adolescent churning of who am I, what's my identity, what am I doing, and so they attract these poltergeists or negative energies that are there also, you know, making mischief. And sometimes they just need to be seen and heard and acknowledged, right. just like this spirit. Right. Absolutely. And helped. And helped. This, right. this spirit needed help. And it's like I was saying before, I, get, like I had a lot of kids that I would have spirits come to them because those spirits needed help crossing over. Mm-hmm. And it was these children that were able to perceive them. Right. And with the safety of their parents, do something in service to these spirit guides. Mm -hmm. This is why it's not just they're here to serve us, we're also here to serve them. Mm -hmm. You know, and and of course what Hollywood does this is to make it about fear. Right. And yet really what spirit world is about is about letting go of fear. Right. Exactly. The complete opposite. It's the complete opposite, yeah. So don't believe all those Hollywood movies out there because they don't necessarily, they're not really here always for our higher evolution. (laughs) They're here, which means moving to me from fear and anger to love. You know, uh, that's our evolution. If we're moving in those directions, then we're doing, in my estimation, we're doing our work, and that's including forgiving ourselves. Which is often the most challenging. Right. <laughs> because we go with ourselves wherever we go. Right. So we can keep that conversation alive. That's right. And we can find a way. I mean, we have to find a way to, to let... We're always hardest on ourselves, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I think that's... But the, a lot of being hard on ourselves is because the human condition is based mostly in comparison that although what the natural order of the world, what is natural, is that we're all in unique and absolutely, I, I, there is no other Sally Adderton. They'll never be able to be another Robin Lisney. We are the only, this is the only time we'll ever, our spirits will ever be these characters in mm-hmm. this cosmic drama. We spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to others mm-hmm. and advertising, marketing, and even our education system, the way we rank kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and create this competition environment, it's not actually helping humanity. No. It's creating more and more stress, which right. is why we're having more and more teen suicides. And to reverse that is what our lives are about, Robin. Right. This is what exactly. we're here to help do. Exactly, because, you know, we have to, uh, I my feeling is 
if someone walks out of my office and they're not feeling transformed somehow, I haven't done my job. Right. And it may not be on my idea of transformation, but it's on their idea of transformation, like where they are, what they need. And as we focus on their needs, then we really see, okay, well, they can, you know, they've just demonstrated they can go from here to here. Maybe they can go from here to here. And you try and test that out and see what they can do. And sometimes they can, and sometimes they're not ready. And that not ready is just perfect because mm -hmm. they need time to process, process, integrate, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think having this conversation around the spirit guides is so helpful. It's helpful for me, too, because, I, you know, I've been doing this work, as you have, for many, many years, and um, there's so much confusion out there, don't you think? Well, again, it goes back to the comparison. Right. You know, we we share Wulan as a guide. Mm -hmm. You know, Wulan has never left me in these 30 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's he's so important to me. He's one of the most important relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. And... Yet that doesn't mean my experience of Wulan is going to be identical to you. No, Just like, right. you know, think about the dynamics in a family. Mm -hmm. You know, we all experience our parents differently. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have the same relationships because we are not the same. Mm -hmm. They can be similar. Right. And there's continuity. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be the same either. Right. It's not supposed to be the same. Exactly. Because we're right. not the same. Exactly. So... Everyone that has an impression, uh, I find this a lot when I'm bringing in people's spirit guides or their, their angels or their animal nature, different aspects of their animal nature. Very often uh, when I'm doing that with someone, what I notice is they may have a different way of perceiving the energies that are out in front of them mm -hmm. than I do. And I never say, well, this is what I'm experiencing, therefore it's right because I'm the medium. I never go there because it's not true. It's like they have their experience, I have my experience, and it is it's there the comparison piece doesn't really work in the spirit world to me. And and it's, you know, I think comparison is a really important thing to talk about cuz what it does is it just puts us down a rabbit hole of feeling incompetent cuz there's always going to be somebody out there well, that is uh, more evolved or more like on the top of the world or whatever. You know, there's always going to be somebody that's doing better. And if we compare ourselves to that, that doesn't help us. It doesn't, no. To me, comparison never helps. No. It's really a rabbit hole of self-flagellation. So we need to stay out of that as much as possible. But the other thing to acknowledge is when we do have an experience, our experience is valuable and valid. Mm -hmm. And so is theirs, and those those valuable valued experiences. If we're if we acknowledge them, a lot of times what's important is that we acknowledge them for them and for the client, and also for ourselves. Yes, and in the in the spirit of that, you know, we've talked about this comparison thing on several different levels. Mm -hmm. You know, my guides aren't more powerful than yours. Right. Uh, a, a cherub isn't more powerful or less powerful than an archangel. You know, the comparison piece goes uh, not just in, you know, I'm skinnier than you are, right? <laughs> it's, but oh, can't we get caught in that one? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, all of us can, right? Right. And, you know, 
just like we talked about Hollywood playing on our fears, you know, that happens in a lot of the commerce and economy going on in the world. Mm -hmm. You need a bigger house, you need a more expensive car, you need another visa, you need to be happy, you need all these things that Mm -hmm. are external. Mm-hmm. And yet we know from the spiritual path that it is not the external that actually creates happiness. It's the internal that creates happiness. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Precisely. Yeah. So, and on that note, we've had this great conversation about Halloween and the spirit world and forgiveness and how important it is. Excuse me. And we've also talked about our spirit guides and angels and how this uh, the spirit world is full of spirits of different levels and different kinds that all have a different function. You know, we talked a little bit about how they show up in imagination. I also need to talk about one of my spirit guides that I've seen since I was a channel, I mean a child, um, that I didn't know it was an actual guide until I started channeling, that is a concentric circles of light. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a radiant being that's never had a body, and so you could call it an angel, and it has a name because there's a vibration attached to it, so I can identify it. But it's concentric circles of light, mm-hmm. um, and it's it it grows. The more I look at it, it it's a it's basically a, a mandala of energy, and so even this concept that it has to look like a form that looks like somebody else's form is just not true. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Because sometimes the spirit guides will come to us in full, fully clad costumes. Like they'll be they'll be decked out in Tibetan gear or African robes or white cloth or whatever. And, and really what they are at essence, when you're really seeing the essence of them, is their light. Right. And so So like that little mandala light. Yeah. Oslin's not using anything that would be a cultural identifier. Mm-hmm. She's just being herself. Mhm. Right. Right. And that's an important thing for people to understand is that at essence we're all light. Since we're all light. So the more we can identify with that, the more we're identifying with the love that we are. And when we identify ourselves as love, then that's when our evolution breaks open mm-hmm. to a higher form of consciousness. And we release ourselves from the fear and the anger that are part of survival on this planet. So. Well, Robin, thank you for having me today. Yeah, it's been great talking to you, Sally, as usual. And uh, I'm with Sally Adderton, author of Energy in Motion. My website is Intuitive Arts and sciences.com A-N-D you have to spell it out Mm -hmm. and I work wherever I am Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing a lot of my work like you might be doing as well on FaceTime Skype or Zoom Mm -hmm. you know that that people in the busyness of our lives Mm -hmm. it's just easier sometimes to utilize the technology that's been created for us right right and um, I'm Robin White Turtle listening the show has evolved and I've got several books. The new one is uh, Ceremonies from the Heart. And you can order it through your bookstore, through Ingram Distributors, anywhere in the country. It'll also, it's also on Amazon and 
uh, I'm getting the electronic files created as we speak. So <laughs> anyway, looking forward uh, to the next show. But today we've been talking with Sally Adderton. Thanks, Sally, for coming. And uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carousella. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White Turtle Lizney, Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. The music is by Claudia Vieira. Entre nous.